0: You're listening to RE Snapshots, where each fortnight we chat about the science behind the weeds and decode some of the trickier concepts which crop up. Welcome to RE Snapshots. Today on RE Snapshots, we're catching up with RE Research Officer, Roberto Lujan Rocha. He's going to give us an update on what the agronomy team has been up to, and they've been pretty busy, so we're going to cover quite a lot of ground, some projects which have wrapped up and others which are still ongoing. He joins us now. How are you going, Roberto?
1: I'm good, thank you, Jess. How are you?
0: Thanks for joining us. I'm good. Now, firstly, we're going to be hearing about evolution of ryegrass in intensive cropping systems. Now, this is a project which is in its final stages, but Roberto can give us a bit of an update on where they're at with it. Where are you at with this project? Can you tell us a little bit of information?
1: Yes, so in this project we looked at the evolution of ryegrass, and we also looked at some other species as well, such as wild radish, bromegrass, and barleygrass. However, we're just going to focus firstly on ryegrass. We wanted to know whether ryegrass was actually evolving in responses to intensive cropping systems. We used some of the data collected by Peter Newman over a seventeen-year period, where he was actually looking at the decline of the seed bank in eighteen different farms, okay, in the wheat belt. So we used some of that data to analyze it to see what was happening, the decline. They got to a point where they have very low levels of ryegrass in the paddocks, and we wanted to know if any of those populations had evolved any mechanisms to evade weed control practices. I guess one of the questions we wanted to know was, for example, whether ryegrass was changing its morphology. Uh, Is it growing more prostrate rather than vertical in responses to harvest wheat control, for example. So in that sense, are we going to break harvest wheat control in the future? That's one of the things we wanted to know. All the things, for example, with wild radish, is it changing its flowering time? Is it changing the height at which the pots are produced? We have many questions that we wanted to know We're still in the final process of finalizing the the analysis, but we already have some results. However, they are going to be ready in December. Actually, Michael Ashworth is going to be presenting at the Crop Protection Forum. So if you want to know the final results, I recommend you, you sign up. We will also be presenting at the GRDC updates next year, this project.
0: Yeah, thank you for the plug there for the Crop Protection Forum. So that information is on the RE website. I'll provide a link in the podcast notes for it so you can get to it easily as well. But yeah, really good plug there, Roberto. Thanks for assisting with the advertising there. But we will move on to the next subject of our interview today because we do have a lot of ground to cover, but you've also in the agronomy team been looking at crop competition for the management of ryegrass, and this is one of the other projects you've been looking at. What are you focusing on here?
1: So in this project, over the last three years, we've been looking at crop competition in canola for the management of ryegrass. So we had different factors. We want to know the effect of multiple factors on, on ryegrass. So we had two different varieties. We had open pollinated and hybrid varieties. And within these two varieties, we had uh, multiple raw spacing, 25 centimetres and 50 centimetres raw spacing. We had three different seeding rates. Low, medium, and high. The medium would be the standard practice. And we also wanted to know whether seed size was important in managing ryegrass. Are we able to outcompete the ryegrass if we use a larger seed size? Just briefly, we did not find significant differences in seed size, but we did find that uh, seed rate was very important in trying to outcompete ryegrass. However, there is more details as well coming and we're going to be presenting these results at the GRDC updates next year and you should be able to find more information there. And also, if you want to read some of these reports, I'm pretty sure Jess can uh, attach the links to the GRDC website where we have all the reports written there.
0: I can do that for sure. Now lastly I want to talk to you today Roberto about what you're looking at in regards to the interaction between wheat seeding rates and pre-emergent herbicides. This is another area the Agronomy team has been focusing on. What have you been looking at here?
1: The final project we're looking at is uh, we're looking at the interaction between wheat seeding rates and pre-emergent herbicides. So in this project we have two different types of sowings and we also have different seeding rates, low, medium, and high seeding rate. And we are also looking at different pre-emergent herbicides. So the most commonly used ones uh, such as trifluoridin, prosulfocarb, sakura. And also, we are looking at the new pre-emergent herbicides coming into the market, such as Matino, Overwatch, and uh, Luximax. So this, early this year, we had a presentation at the um, GRDC updates, but the project hasn't been completed. So we're going to have more results next year. So just, you know, keep your eyes open for it. And then, yeah, we should have good results next year
0: excellent well thank you so much for the update and yeah we'll provide links to the crop protection forum for people who can buy tickets but is there anything else that you wanted to add roberto to this update
1: no i think that's it thank you
0: no worries well thank you so much really appreciate it and yeah look forward to getting all the results out of the agronomy team in the near future thank you